This episode of Ask the Masters was brought to you by Aquatic Glazing International. On this week's episode of Ask the Masters, Master Rick Chafee and Paolo Benedetti discuss acrylic windows in the swimming pool environment. With a special guest, Jason from Aquatic Glazing International, you will learn the things that you need to know if you're going to attempt to do one of these acrylic panels inside of your pool environment. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Masters podcast. This podcast is dedicated to discussions about the design and construction of water shapes. The hosts of the show are all certified SWD masters who represent the leading builders and designers within the water shaping industry today. Okay, well, so welcome to Ask the Masters podcast. Uh, I'm Paul Benedetti from Aquatic Technology. And I am Rick Chafee with Red Rock Pools. And today we're going to be talking about uh, acrylic windows and acrylic panels. And using them in an aquatic environment for that matter. So. Um, often, often we see acrylic panels have become more and more prominent nowadays. We're seeing them. I, they, I think you even said it's too much, right? So, <clears throat> just like a negative edge, sometimes you can. It doesn't. Every product doesn't need an acrylic panel. Every product doesn't need a negative edge. Um, they can be used really well and really cool in the right settings. But um, where would you see? Where have you seen acrylic panels where they don't belong? Oh man, I've seen people just put them on vanishing edge walls just for the heck of it. And if there's if there's nothing down below the pool, looking back at the pool, or a reason to be down there, there's really no point of having uh, an acrylic window on a vanishing edge. Right, and, and I think people don't understand this. You get the refraction of light through the top of the water and the refraction of light through the panel. If you're standing house side of an acrylic panel on a negative edge, you don't even know there's a negative edge. It actually almost reflects the floor on the wall. Right. You, you don't, everybody assumes you're going to see through it like this block of ice or something, but um, the reality is it might as well be a concrete wall. So you get very little benefit on the house side when the acrylic panel's on the negative edge. Sometimes it actually looks like a mirror. Right. It actually re just reflects what's in the pool. Right. Um, you know, the other, the other obvious problem is on a vanishing edge, we've got that thermal expansion and differential expansion of the panels in relation to the concrete. So there's got to be almost a, the rebate has to be uh, even larger in a location like that because we've got a heated side of the acrylic and a cooled side of the acrylic. Absolutely, and depending on the thickness of the panel. So one of the things um, we're working on a project now where we've got an acrylic panel negative edge. Of course, we don't. We the, the intent is to be able to see from the other side, um, but it also has a Lautner slot on the other side. And the, the thing to actually need to pay attention to and the client needs to understand is acrylic expands thermally quite a bit more than most other construction materials and so although we can set the edge of the acrylic panel where we want it depending on the day and temperature and what the water temperature in the pool is kept at it's going to move on us and sometimes dramatically this panel is nine feet tall and about 18 feet wide so there's going to be a substantial change in our thermal um, size of that and so the negative edge luckily we're using a Lautner not a flooded coping and the reason we went that way is because the flooded coping is it would easily start to notice if water was not flowing over that edge. A Lautner edge, it's a little bit easier to conceal. You want water up at the edge, but it doesn't have to be flowing continuously. And if we if we used if we didn't do that, as this panel moves down once in a while, there's going to be more water across the panel and maybe nothing at the edge. Um, so it's something to think of. It you know you don't really think about that when you're integrating those two type of designs and details together. Acrylic panels add a whole other dynamic to the construction process. It's a panel. It's a product that's not um, understood by anybody else in the in the pool world, sometimes in the architectural world, in the construction world, it's just not something used very often. So it shouldn't be thrown around willy nilly. It's a very complex piece of a swimming pool to be able, be able to do it right. You know, there's uh, while while we're on that, there there are obviously some other uh, negatives and drawbacks to that, especially if you're looking 
from the vantage point through the acrylic. The acrylic has this, um, this tendency to magnify things underwater. And so if there's uh, light fixtures, tile patterns, grout lines, everything becomes exponentially larger. Right. So it actually is, is drawing attention to things, drains, things that, that normally might not be visible from the surface of the pool are now suddenly magnified and brought to attention. Yeah, it becomes hypercritical that you have to pay attention to that. I think we often tell people that, that when you're, if you're going to use an acrylic panel to see into a pool, you then have to think about what does the inside of the pool look like. If it's a standard pool with coves and, and hand troweled plasters, it's not very pretty. It really isn't. I mean, from a surface vantage point, it looks it looks great. But if you throw on a pair of, of dive goggles and go into a swimming pool and then look at the details of the pool and actually pay attention to the details, recognize that's what you're going to have the time and inclination to do when you look through this panel. And so often if we're doing a, a view panel to see into a pool, we'll be very careful about what our finishes are. And, and actually, ideally, we're doing an all-tile interior or some sort of finish where we can be perfect. And like you said, we start locating things differently. Um, we don't want, you know, maybe we've got a pool that's got seven returns on the floor because we've got a perimeter overflow. Well, we don't want to see all these returns. We don't want this acne in the floor. We've got to come up with a different way to return water. Um, it's, it's really important, architecturally speaking, of, of that. And then also we can speak to the fact that because we can see through the panel, we got to manage how that panel sits inside a rebate because you can actually see the ceiling materials, the rebate, the, the grouting stuff. The shims. The shims. We've you can, talked you can about see, Yeah, you can see right <laughs> through it. Um, and so they paint that, that portion of the panel, right? So the, you, need to, you can't just order a panel, paint it, and then hope everything works. You have to have your rebate ready, the rebate, that section that the panel slips into. And then you've got to make sure that it, what you've accommodated what it's going to take to float the pool or put the interior finish in and how thick all those materials start to become because you don't want to look at the back side of a layered installation process. It'll be very ugly. Um, and it takes a lot of a lot of time to do that. So timing-wise, you also might extend your project because if you've got a big acrylic panel, you can't order it until a lot of things are completed. So I'm glad you mentioned timing because uh, I mean, there's very few vendors that actually manufacture these. There's some over in, in Japan that make them, which obviously you have a long transit time, you have manufacturing time, lead and design time, and even the domestic manufacturers, they're sometimes running eight, 12 months out from oh, yeah. when they can deliver. So. It's not something that you're just going to be able to run down to a pool distributor and buy the window and come out and slap it in. It's something you've got to plan for. Yeah, very few pieces are off the shelf. So if it's a small window, it's probably an off-the-shelf piece of acrylic. But if it's a custom-built panel, um, you know, it really will depend. And I think you'll find the manufacturer's um, schedules are really, really in flux because right now maybe they're not running a lot of huge panels but they might sign a contract for a massive acrylic aquarium in Dubai and they might be making panels for that Dubai project for months and months and months and months and they're never going to be able to squeeze in your little they don't care about your little panel that's I mean in the pool world we're kind of a real minute piece of the acrylic world and so to be able to you know get special custom build stuff your time frames can be very extended um, and and you and then you've got to make sure you're ready to give them the dimensions you need so they can make the panel you need so, so not only we're talking about the lead time and design time, but then also warranties. So if you have a, a foreign vendor, somebody from Japan, if you have issues with the window, uh, so let's talk about maybe some of the, the warranty issues. Um, I mean, I, some of the things that I've seen um, on especially very large windows uh, and more if they have a curvature in them, uh, that that thermal expansion contraction actually can start to develop small check cracks in the acrylic. 
Well, I think there's, it comes down to the quality of acrylic and the proper engineering. So the funny thing about acrylic is it, it doesn't usually fail, it just yields. And so we, we, we design that usually to a safety factor of 10, where we normally design something at a safety factor of one or two, not because we're afraid it's gonna fail, it's that it yields so much. So in that yield, meaning it's gonna flex and move, both because of thermals and because of loading. And so if we don't, if we undersize a panel, for instance, we get a massive amount of yield over time and, and, and slight temperature variations make that yield more dramatic. And so if you put the panel in and it's 60 degrees outside, then the client's in town and they want their pool 92 degrees, the temperature swing is huge. Now the panel yields dramatically, both in, in shrinking and in height and width, and then it also leans or, or bends. And those movements and bends will cause internal fracturing and you'll start seeing all that fracking start to happen and and there's low quality manufacturers too because we got to deal with UV protection and everything else and right. so a lot of panels will start to yellow so you got to be extremely cautious like where you're getting your panels from do a lot of research um, and, and there's there's a it's a finite amount of suppliers and an even less or an even more finite amount of actual qualified installers um, that leads us to the next uh, bane of, of trying to get acrylic windows installed is you know, more pool contractors are actually installing the windows themselves because trying to find qualified installers that can travel the country, uh, mobilize, be there on time, and then be there to, to service it and to put it in properly right. is, is really a, a difficult. Yeah, a whole other layer to the process for yes. sure. And there is, there is definitely experts in the field that are doing that, um, but there's still few and far between. And again, because that part of the market's still pretty small for even, even the experts doing that, the pool side is a little bit of their business. They're building aquariums that have millions of dollars worth of panels, and then Paulo calls them and says, hey, I got this $1,200 panel I want to install, and like, they're not going to jump through hoops to help you get a panel put together. Right. Um, and then even to that point, too, is you need to find a, a designer and an engineer that understands acrylic um, and understands how it can be used and when it should be used so that you don't get yourself in a, in a, in a, in a pinch. They, they, they're the biggest... Um, location for pool leaks is the acrylic panel. We got multiple layers of finishes and a highly expansive thermal situation. So they often leak if they're not installed correctly. They are, you know, they, they're, they're fairly uh, temperamental. They're very soft. So you gotta be careful with them so you don't damage them. You can polish them and can repair them, but you just, they're, it's kind of a weird construction piece to be using in a swimming pool. It takes, they go in fairly early too, right? So they're in a pool yep. shell and there's a million things happening around them. So protection's important. And you wanna keep the protective layers that come from the manufacturers, that peel off film, you wanna keep that on there, but you also need to protect that from UV. Um, I had a project, again, learn from each other's mistakes, sure. where we had installed the window and left the plastic film exposed to the UV, and when it came time to peel it off, it came off in little tiny pieces. Um, so the next oh, one yeah. we did, we covered it with paper and made yep. sure that the, that plastic didn't degrade where we had to get in there and peel it off with oh, little yeah. pieces. So. Yeah, we, the, the biggest problem with acrylic is all these little weird nuances you're not yeah, expecting. Right. And, 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 if, and that's the kind of things like that. You don't, oh, well, it's protected, we're good. And then just like, oh, this should, oh, now it's not going to peel off in a sheet. And I have, you know, dozens of square feet of this right. that we're picking off with a finger now. Um, you can't put a razor blade on it, nope. right? you got to be super careful. Yep. So um, the, the worst conditions we've seen is, you know, see through the panel and, and see the rebates. By the way, you know what I found to scrape that off with that worked really well? We went and got the plastic scrapers they use for Bondo, okay. those hard plastic right. scrapers. And that's what we used to scrape the plastic off. But again, elbow, grease, got, and muscle, elbow yeah. grease and muscle and oh, yeah. sit there and peel and scrape and peel and scrape and little shards of plastic and crap everywhere. It was, yeah, a big mess. Here's a quick word from Aquatic Glazing International. Yeah, so I'm out at uh, Zemi Beach in Anguilla. Uh, we did a installation here about five years ago, and um, they shut down once a year to do some annual maintenance. And one of the things, since they are beachfront and this area is in the Caribbean, uh, they get blasted from uh, storms. 
so we're coming out doing some resurfacing on the acrylic and then uh, resealing the uh, the underwater uh, the wet side seal of their their ocean pool. Very cool. It sounded. I think when we talked last, you're headed to a couple different places out there in that tropical part of the world. Yeah, again, kind of the rough office. But yeah, after this, we're doing some stuff out in Nassau on Paradise Island in the Bahamas, which uh, they didn't get nearly uh, as abused as uh, Abaco and uh, their, their main city there. Uh, and then on from there, we're going out to Grand Cayman. Uh, we're doing a multi-use um, elevated swimming pool uh, with windows down on the floor and as well as a 48-foot uh, long uh, window looking out into the ocean. Very cool. Very cool. Well, reason we're interviewing today, obviously, we've uh, you're in the aquatics industry and you kind of got a big focus on both pools and, and acrylic and aquariums, et cetera. And so give me, an, give me an idea how much acrylic work you guys do and how many different countries you guys have done your acrylic work in. Uh, countries would be hard to count. Currently, we're working in nine different countries right now. Um, you know, U.S., Canada, Mexico, uh, the islands that I mentioned. Uh, we got a couple of things working in Brazil. Um, so, I mean, it's the material over the last five to seven years has become way more popular. Uh, at any given week with our crew and our capacity, we're usually working on four to six swimming pools a week. Um, so it's it's definitely a good market. Um, the options of what you can do with the window and how they're being interfaced with various different designs has come uh, leaps and bounds from the first ones we were doing, you know, 15, 18 years ago. How, how long have you been doing this work, Jason? How long have you been in the, in the industry of acrylic panels in, in swimming pool environments specifically? Yeah, uh, so I put my first window in a swimming pool incorrectly, terribly bad, about 21 years ago uh, and didn't have a clue what we were doing. Uh, things didn't work out right. Uh, information you found on the Internet wasn't exactly true. So, um, you know, learning the hard way and, and kind of uh, getting some new technology and the right system and the right material to use is kind of where we, where we got to where we're at. Well, that's kind of one of the things we, we as well, when we get, we get, some people give us some phone calls to get involved in acrylic. And we, first thing we start to tell them is get an expert right now. You know, it's not, although it seems like a fairly easy concept to put a piece of window inside of a piece of concrete and hope it holds back water and doesn't leak and doesn't craze and doesn't shrink and doesn't expand. I mean, it sounds real simple right off the bat, right? But it is one of those products that doesn't like to be in the environment we're trying to put it in. It's kind of getting forced into that space and trying to make it work against a bunch of other materials. So having some experience and some uh, real life experience is important. I would think. Yeah, I think one of the biggest misnomers that people like you kind of touched on don't understand is how much this material actually moves. So some of these panels, depending on the length and the temperature that they're in, can expand and contract anywhere from a half inch to two inches throughout the day. So if you're not planning for that, um, those restraints and that type of motion uh, with regards to your coping and what the tile is in and around the panel, um, you can actually cause a lot of damage to it by locking it and binding it in the opening, and you'll start to see some deterioration or expansion. And the material is going to keep pushing until something gives, uh, and usually it is the tile, the coping, or potentially the rebate, depending on what the strength of the concrete is. Awesome. What, Jason, for your company with Aquatic Glazings, what, what, what services do you guys provide from start to finish when it comes to acrylic? So we work with uh, in engineering, design, uh, and that kind of interfaces with the overall pressure uh, and the lateral loads that are done inside the rebates. Um, we'll work on value engineering, uh, acrylic thickness. Um, all of our stuff gets ran in-house for thickness um, prior to going out to the street. The reason why we do that is um, we need to make sure that it's going to work. Um, all of our windows are engineered to a safety factor of 11. Uh, you know, we do have potential for loss of life, uh, serviceability over long term on the panel. So most of the windows come out anywhere from three eighths to a half of an inch thicker uh, for serviceability over time. 
Uh, so, for example, like the project I'm on now where we need to come in and do some acrylic restoration, uh, we can get that luster back and get the shininess back to the panel after it has been in service for five years to 10 years. So, Jason, give me an idea. If I'm if I'm if I'm a pool builder in the in even anywhere in the world, but mostly in the U.S., and I'm thinking I want to put an acrylic panel in my pool, when do I got to start contacting a guy like you? Uh, you need to start early. Uh, again, we're usually fall under the critical path of a project just because the lead time uh, for the projects and for the windows. I mean, our standard answer is 10 to 12 weeks for lead time, uh, unless we can find something that's a little bit off the shelf and we can fabricate in house. But if we're going with some of those bigger 10 or 12 inch thick custom castings. You're going to be waiting anywhere from 14 to 20 weeks to get the material. So we need to get on board early. Uh, again, this isn't something that's typically not sitting on the shelf. Um, so, yeah, the earlier we get involved, the better for the project timeline. Uh, and so the homeowner can get into the pool as quick as possible. Talk to me about the the, the quality acrylic you got to work with, too, because there is products out there on the market that are less expensive and, and maybe more readily available or maybe you have a quicker lead time potential. But what kind of quality concerns do we have when we're dealing with acrylics? So there are a couple of vendors um, in out of the country, uh, Mexico, as well as China primarily, um, that do offer a lot of uh, lower quality product. Uh, a lot of it's not UV stable. Um, you know, we're out in the open constantly getting beat by the sun. If there's no UV stabilizers, UV inhibitors in there, the material will turn yellow within six months. Um, so, you know, the manufacturer that we use is Reynolds Polymer. Uh, their product, they've been in, in the industry primarily for zoos and aquariums starting in the late 80s. Um, so they've got their, their system dialed in uh, as far as their color, uh, clarity, and, and non-yellowing. So, you know, start with a good quality product, uh, good quality installation company. Uh, sh should keep you out of, uh, uh, out of harm's way when it comes to these type of projects. When we get into complicated projects, kind of like the one you and me are working on, you know, that's a project we've probably been in discussions on design, engineering, and, and, and because of some of the complexities, we've been working on that project almost eight months before we even get ready to order acrylic panels, right? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, with the changes and, and some of the constrictions and code requirements, um, you know, client restraints. Yeah, some of them do take a long time. You know, a lot of these jobs we'll first see on, on some napkin drawings anywhere from 18 months before we start on some of these projects. A lot of the mega homes that are that are pushing, you know, 20 to 30 million dollars have usually 24 to 30, 36 month construction schedules. So these things do, again, fall back on the critical path because of their length of time to order. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is get us in early and get some high quality product and that way you can get a successful project. Yeah, yeah, I will tell you that from my experience, acrylic is not for the uh, budget minded usually unless it's a real, real simple panel. Um, once you start to get into any kind of reasonable depth, we start spending bucks quickly, um, especially because of access, right? If you've got a tight job site and a heavy panel, you start running into a lot of money just in the setup process, not even in the panel itself. Correct. Yeah, we start looking at some of the homes that do are restricted for logistics we're talking about bringing in you know either spider cranes and or larger cranes depending on the size of the reach and then you're dealing with road closures permit issues you know just logistics of getting the support vehicles up for the crane uh can eat up a lot of budget as well as time for sure so big planning lots of time big budget and the right guys those key ingredients sounds great to me So like anything else I see in the pool world, I like 
don't use acrylic because everybody wants acrylic. Don't don't just throw it into a pool project without making sure it's it's appropriate for the situation. Um, you know, you can you can ruin a great pool design by throwing a chunk of acrylic at it because you think you want acrylic, and then recognize how the acrylic should perform and what the end result might be for the client. They you know the, the, don't give the expectation like we talked on the negative edge. If they think they're going to see down the hillside and be able to see below what's their pool from outside the pool, they need to understand that's really not the case. Um, and then if they're going to be able to see in the pool, they got to understand what they're going to see. You know, the other, you know, I've seen it in some commercial environments and, I, and, and some commercial spas even. And when you start getting in those environments, you know, we, we've got this little cesspool of, of, of water. It's hot, it's warm, there's bodies in and out of it, there's oils, there's greases, there's snot. There's, you put an acrylic panel on it, you watch all that stuff float right on by. And so you got to recognize where you're using the acrylic panel, although it might seem like a great concept. Um, your filtration and circulation has got to be st stepped up quite a bit because you'll now see all this in the water more than you would see if you just light a pool. If you've got a big view panel that's inside of a house and you don't have high filtration and circulation and, and good media, you're going to see everything in the water when you turn the lights on. So, And if you condense that to a spa setting and it's a commercial spa setting where there's dozens of people in and out of it, by the end of the day, you wouldn't want to get near that thing. You'd and never because it's acrylic, it. it's actually magnified, actually like a magnified glass. So the little particles actually seem bigger than they are in, oh, yeah. in and, real, and real time. And then you light them up at night. The night goes, the sun goes down. And you turn the lights on, and like they look like how come, jellyfish. Yeah, floating how come by? nobody's in the spa? <laughs> uh, have you seen this? Go look on this side. Um, so it's it's kind of a weird scenario. You know, it's it's it can be used very very appropriately, and, and, and is a very cool product to put into a pool environment and in a high end pool in the right architectural settings. It's super super cool. So let's talk about. So we've already kind of uh, told the clients about what to expect as far as what to what they're going to experience when the, it's installed what about the ongoing maintenance that has to happen with the windows it's not it's not uh, like the ceramic tile where twice a year or once a year you come in and be blast it and clean it up it's got its own maintenance program that goes along with it. Absolutely. Well, first you got to remember we're working with a pretty soft product. So even when we get from ceramic tile, we go to glass tile. We got to be, when we get a water line issue, it's got to be dealt with differently than if it's porcelain or ceramic. Well, now we've got acrylic. Now we have an even tougher problem. Now, the good thing is acrylic is pretty, is not very sticky. It's hard, to, hard for things to key into it. But if you don't do a good job of keeping your maintenance on your water quality really tight, keep your minerals where they need to be, and continue to keep that window clean, it's almost a continuous issue because if you don't clean that window and you start to build up a scum line on it, in order to fix that scum line, it's a, it's a process of lowering the water, cleaning the scum line off, polishing you know, the, the edge of the panel, and the polishing, it's kind of like polishing metal. You start at all these different layers, have to keep working your way up, and you can spend you know, a, a good part of a week getting a big acrylic panel back to... It's like polishing glass. Well, and it's perfectly transparent, yes. so you can't you can't get away with, like, it's close. You know, you got to get it You're going right to yeah. see the swirl marks. Swirl marks. And, and from the outside, they're magnified. Yep, and it just keeps going. And, and oftentimes, like we've talked about on Negative Edges, we put these panels in very precarious locations. They're either at the edge of a building, and there's nowhere to stand, so now you're going to have to bring scaffold in to try to work on it, or right. they're the edge of a pool, and you're 12 or 14 feet down to a basin below you, and you can't get to the panel. So... They require regular maintenance on your on your day to day, and then in your rebate where the panel sits, it's got a silicone joint. Um, there's there's visual and there's you know there's kind of a beauty joint, and then there's the actual sealant system behind there. And the sealant system behind there doesn't require a lot of maintenance, but that that beauty part does, where you blend it into whatever piece of tiles there or whatever. That joint requires usually annual maintenance, where you're gonna have to because it'll it'll start all this thermal expansion. This panel, you know, a 16 foot wide panel can move half an inch one way or the right. other in temperature change or more. And it'll literally start to tear on yeah, that. Yeah, it'll slowly that, start to that tear membrane. that. So that'll require draining the pool back down, properly curing it, sealing it, and then 
there's a cure time again. Remember, this isn't like we're going to caulk it on Monday and fill it back on Monday afternoon. We're going to drain the pool. We're going to caulk the joints. Because sometimes that's pretty thick. Yeah, it it's can be substantial. We've the, let that, the thicker the panel, the thicker that joint. And we've got to let those solvents that are in those materials actually evaporate. And it's, yep. it's, you can't expedite it by getting it with a blowtorch. You've got to let it just naturally evaporate. Correct. It's got to go through its, its time process to get properly cured. And if you put it on a lot of things that have highly modified sealants can't cure underwater. Like cement cures underwater very well, but modified cement does not. That's why we have cure times for our setting materials. Um, that brings up a little, uh, kind of something we overlook too. The one thing I've seen people make a mistake of too is trying to run their plaster or interior finish right to the acrylic panel. Um, again, we're dealing with the ability to see right through the panel. We really want to make sure we have a very defined clean edge. So we've, when we do acrylic panels, even if the interior is not all tile, we are going to tile that last band up against the panel and leave a gap that we can properly silicone. And I've, we're working on an expert witness case in, in, in another state now. And not only did they not leave that, that band or, or put a band in, they actually pebbled right to the acrylic. And so now they've left no room for expansion because the pebble has no flexibility. Right. On the outside of the pool looking in, you see this horrible band because they coved and troweled the corners. Right. You know, you got this perfectly square external rebate, but then you've got this radius of pebble and on the And now as the acrylic starts to expand and contract, it's, it's going to start busting away the pebble. Well, it's it's fracturing away. pebble off yeah, dramatically. Absolutely. That's and what I would expect. It's also forcing and, and causing structural failure to the outside because when the panel expanded, it has nowhere to go in. So it mm -hmm. went out. Well, now it's forced the outside to move more than it should too. So, so a pretty dramatic failure. It eventually starts to leak. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have a leaking problem. We have fracturing pebble on the inside, and now our repair method. You know, we've got a. You know, I'm going to generalize here, but the pool is probably a hundred fifty thousand dollar pool. We might have a fifty thousand dollar repair on right. this pool on a panel that might have cost ten grand. Um, and, and mostly because it wasn't properly planned out and prepared and or installed by a qualified installer. Um, they didn't take the right directions from the installer or the installation instructions or they did it themselves and, and, and didn't have any information. So it, it, it can cause you a lot of time and money and or just a very unhappy customer because the customer was unhappy when they finished the pool. Now they're they, and they didn't do much about it, so the client, the contractor. Now finds, they're irate. Now they're irate because the pool is the the panel's moved. It's cracked the structure. The pool's leaking, and not only does it look terrible, now it's leaking. So now they have a massive problem on their hands, um, that has, like many cases, turned into more and more problems because now they've had an expert on site to see the other issues with the pool, and so now the pool builder's got a pretty good problem on his hands that he can't right. really manage. So I mean, let me go back to cleaning. So one of the other caveats, obviously, is. Um, We've got to make sure that the service company who's servicing these pools are aware not to use solvents or aggressive cleaning solutions on the on the acrylic panels. And so what they would typically use maybe to clean the vanishing edge tile, they've got to keep away from the acrylic because Absolutely. it is a plastic. It's attacked by solvents. Correct. And they can they can cloud. I've seen where people have put cleaning solutions on there and actually have clouded the acrylic and it, it's virtually impossible to polish it out because they've softened it and changed the chemical makeup of the acrylic right. panel. Or try to get in there too aggressively to clean it or even, you know, a lot of pool brushes will have a mixture of poly poly um, brush but also some stainless steel. Yeah, 50-50 combo but, brush right. will just You take that combo brush, you don't think you're doing any damage, you can't really tell, but then the, you walk around the pool to look in, you're like, oh no, wow. Now you can polish them underwater, you can do some of that stuff, but it, it, it just adds a dynamic piece to you can't pay $30 a week for a guy to show up and not really know how to maintain a pool. And next thing you right. know, he's damaging your acrylic panel because he thought he was cleaning it. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a whole other aspect that's outside the pool market. Your pool 
maintenance contractor and even your pool building contractor likely won't understand um, how to take care of that acrylic panel and whoever manages the house itself if they go around and clean all the windows and think that's just a window and come in and jump on it with with some heavy solvents to clean it and or it ammonia might, spray ammonia yeah, on it yeah, yeah. so th so we definitely have to make sure that they, the customers educated very well in how to maintain that window so let's talk about that that rebate detail that's probably where i see most of the failures occur either because it's done wrong like you had explained where they bring uh, rigid materials up to it but not only that is um, sometimes the the shims or things that they'll put in the back will actually rub the black paint yep. off the back edge and you start to see the acrylic shims or tile shims that are put in the back of spacers when the uh, acrylic panel is laid into the rebate. Well, let's talk about, let's talk even before that, let's talk about construction of the rebate. So if it's a, a, an internal panel that lays into a flat wall and it's just got a little recess, that's a pretty easy rebate to construct, mm -hmm. um, both for the shotcrete crew or even cast concrete, it works pretty easy. Um, you know, you're just gonna have a, you know, three inch by three inch little reveal Return. that the panel sits in. So when we start putting a panel outside. But, it, but in that instance, the water pressure is literally pushing right. the window the, yeah. into, the, into, into, the, the seal, into a frame into the in the concrete. So right. it's pretty simple. And it's easy to construct that piece without screwing the concrete up. When we get into an outside panel that's on the shell of a pool, we actually have a U-shaped rebate. So now we have concrete outside, under, and inside. So there's a channel, basically, a channel. that's in the wall, like on a vanishing edge. Right. It would be a three-sided channel that's being lowered down into. And, and typically, that the depth and width of that rebate matches the width of the panel. So on a project we're doing, we have a 12-inch panel. Well, that means the rebate is 12 inches deep and it's actually 14 inches wide. Well, if you try to shoot that with shotcrete or try to form that and then shoot shotcrete around it, you end up with a ton of voids. And we've seen the, the failures we've seen on acrylic panels and where they're leaking is actually nothing to do with the waterproofing and nothing to do with setting the panel. It was the fact that the rebate was constructed poorly, meaning they tried to use shotcrete or cast it, but didn't have vibrators and the right methods to do it. So they left a lot of shadows and voids when they stripped all the forms out, they did a poor job of patching those areas, and then they covered it with this great waterproofing system and everything looked awesome. And then all that movement starts There's to no happen. Structure, no structure, no structure integrity to the it. The structure right. starts to fail, and that structure, when it fails, it's usually a pretty, like we've seen massive areas that didn't have concrete that they just patched in. Well, exposed steel was behind there. They did a poor patch. Now the patch cracks. Now the water's attacking the steel and structure. The entire structure gets compromised. So regardless of what the rebate takes after we get it, it's actually building that rebate. You, in typical, you can shoot them, and, you, and if you have a good crew and you have it set up well, but you're gonna have to cut out the rebate after the shoot. You can cast them as much easier. I found that tends to be the, the better way is to come in and actually saw cut it and end up with something that's very precise. Yep. Or if you've got a good cast in place crew, the guys can actually conform, the, conform it out and strip it, but they've gotta understand that they're going to be pulling this out. We're not going to be able to leave fragments of wood and stuff inside. Right. Well, and you got to make sure that when you try to when you try to pour concrete around a big opening like that with all these different reveals, you you end up with voids if you're not careful. You got to actually have windows in the bottom of your forming system that you can get concrete to come back mm -hmm. up through. Um, you can either do what we said, saw cut it. You can also weave cut it while wet. If you've got a good crew and enough guys there, you can get it all shot well and you can cut that rebay out depending on the size. Um, and then you have a highly densified, properly shotcrete wall that you then cut it out. Um, but it's critical that you build that piece right. And that's where I think probably 90% of failures that I've seen in the acrylic world were based on that piece alone. And it, it ended up being a leak or it seemed to be a leak or waterproofing issue. But as we dug into the problem, we found out it was actually the rebate was constructed poorly, which made the, the waterproofing system most, a couple of the manufacturers want you to use a very rigid epoxy waterproof in there. Well, that's extremely rigid, meaning 
it has no ability to move. It's not flexible like some of our tile setting materials that we have. And so that slight amount of movement fractures, and now we've got water going through that system. Um, and the failures are, again, we've, we didn't even talk about this yet, but now we gotta talk about how do we access and get, we got big panels, how do we get them to the pool site? Well, right, so I was gonna talk about, we were talking about we've got this rebate that is not only having to deal with the expansion and contraction, but we've got this acrylic panel that can weigh tons and tons. Literally. And we're not talking about something a bunch of guys throw on their shoulder and carry in. It's something that we're having to lift in with cranes, we're having to lift in with, um, yeah, all kinds of rigging devices, yep. and, and it, the, you got to think of it both ways. You got to think of it, okay, during construction, I got to get this panel in here. What if I got to fix this panel? Okay, so the, you, it, it's, you have to spend all the time and effort up front because access on a lot of these sites, especially if we're ending up with a panel outside on an outside wall, during construction, access is easy. You just drive the crane or the big forklift in, and you're right on site, and you're reaching it. Well, as the project's now completed, we've got decks and finishes and landscape and walls, and, and maybe there's no more access. So now what was a... 30-ton crane to set this little panel that day, if we had to come back and pull that panel and rework that, we could be a 150, 250-ton crane that has to reach over a house. You know, so you start spending tens of thousands of dollars in equipment setup just to be able to fix a panel that you didn't set correctly the first time. And so, you know, and, and as well, just during normal construction. And it isn't like you just uh, screw in a little turnbuckle and lift lift it out. I mean, no, you've, there's, yeah. There's, there's, there's work involved, yeah. obviously. So it's a, you know, it's a highly specialized skill to do what you're doing with acrylic panels, and it's a highly specialized um, installation. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. So with some of the smaller panels, obviously the guys work a lot like they're working like granite countertop uh, fabricators. They're using suction cups and grips and, and uh, scissor clamps and they're able to lift some things around. Sometimes you can move them around with uh, with tractors and backhoes and, yep. and get them moved around. But when you start getting into the very, very big panels, you're having to use straps. Yep. And not only when you lower them into the rebates, so now we're thinking, okay, we've got this panel, we have to lower into a rebate, but we've got to get the straps out. And you can't just cut the straps and leave them laying in there. You've got to be able to get the straps out, lower this thing in. You've got you know, super small tolerances. Well, very, very we, tight tolerances. We have, we have had to cannibalize straps in that yeah. process because a lot of times we, we end up with a huge web strap underneath our rebate and you usually end up with about an inch top, bottom and underneath. Right. But you can get a strap to move through there, but right. you can't get the eyelets to move through. So we oftentimes have got brand new straps that are, you know, hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, depending on the size of the panel. And we know we're going to set the panel, get it where we want it, and we're going to slice them and pull them out. Yep. And they're trash. Um, any modifications. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. You've got to be able to like say, hey, look, this is just a consumable yep. that's part of we're going to sacrifice it but now if you have to move that panel a second time now you've got a situation right now you're going right. to do destruction to a shell in order to get to it so it, it is it is it, there's a lot of factors to that and that's why it's it's best to pay especially in larger panels to pay someone specialized in doing that because they're going to plan for that they know those things are going to happen they know they need to plan for it they know that they might need to shim or make a rebate larger for a certain size panel because of how big the strap and how they must might have to manage it um, and they're better at getting it in place. I mean, it's not, when you start talking five, 6,000 pound panel and you're talking about trying to meet tolerances within a 16th of an inch, it takes a lot of skill and effort and time, right? You just, you just gotta be willing to give it the time and, and spend the time to get it right. Right, because we're finding that, you know, we, we lift the panel, we put the shims in, we lower it down, up, so we lift it up again, we put more shims in, move it back down, test it again. Oh, yeah. And, you know, water levels are by far the best way to get these dead on. I and mean, you know, some guys use laser levels, and I've seen guys using uh, carpenters levels. And but we, just, we like to use all of them. We yeah. like to, we have a laser set up usually, and maybe two. 
Yep. We always have a water level. The dumb level is the smartest one on the job every time. It never yep. fails. It doesn't need to be calibrated. You test it, you put it up, the water's there, you know it's working. Um, lasers can be dropped, kicked, ran around in a truck, and they got, you know, and they can be off by half an inch and not even know it. Everything looks like it's level. So we always, when we use lasers, we set them up and then we move them and send them to another location to make sure we're getting the same information. But almost always we set with a water level for that kind of stuff. Same thing with shooting a pool. It's just, you, one is you, they're pretty indestructible, so you can't hurt them usually. They can be on a construction site, you can step on them, you can throw them around, bring them back, set them up, and they work fine. So. So let's talk a little bit about uh, about the installers. I mean, obviously, if you have a very large job with a number of panels, um, you might have to even plan on on bringing the bringing that crew out or one of their lead people to pre-site the job and do a job site so he can kind of help you figure out what size crane you're going to need, what kind of equipment he needs, what kind of stage is going to be required, and then there's going to be travel with their crew. Absolutely. And, you know. If they figure they're going to take seven days, plan on ten. We always know it always takes longer than what they think it's going to take. Yeah, we find most companies that do that on a regular basis are going to have probably two pre-trips. There's going to be one at just raw rebate, and they're going to look at the shotcrete and concrete if they're smart, make sure it wasn't cleaned up, trued up, and fixed. Because guaranteed when the window's leaking, they get the phone call, right? No right. matter whether it's their fault or not, hey, there's a leak, it's on the acrylic panel, come on out. So they come out. That's like first. home windows, right? Yep. The home manufacturer always gets the call, the window's leaking, and it's always installation. Yep. It's never the window. Yeah, very rarely. So same thing happens here. Ideally, they look at the construction of the rebate in the concrete stage. They're going to come back, actually spend the time to completely render and perfect the rebate and get it waterproofed and measure for their panel. And then the team's going to come in to set the panel. And with what we've found, we often have to provide labor for them and help them with that too because, again, they're out of town. They might not have enough people to set a panel of that size or, or maybe they just don't have the people at the time they have it. So be looking or planning on the fact that you might need to have provide some support. You're going to have to accept the panel possibly. Ideally, they accept the panel, um, but that becomes a shipping issue because you really don't want to have to sit these things around and move them around very often. You want to be able to ideally get them off a truck and put them where they go. Um, especially big ones. Most of the times we try to plan that a, a perfect situation. The crane's on site, the truck shows up, we pick the panel, we put it in its place. Um, we do not want to have to pick it up, set it down, move it three times. It can be, you'll easily damage it. Every time you move it, it, it's yeah. just that additional risk. Right. Well, and sometimes we're, we, we don't have a way to set it down. It's so right. big and heavy, you, don't, you can't lean it, you can't set it on something. So um, that's the ideal situation. And so you're going to have a crew of guys doing that that entire time. So you would, should expect that. And then after you've completely finished the whole interior of the pool, they come back again, they're going to check all the caulking and touch everything up, peel all the fin all the protection off the panel, touch up, polish anything they need to polish, and then we fill the pool. So it, it, it's definitely a multi-stage event and there's a lot of time involved and so you definitely, and access becomes key. We've done a couple big projects with big panels and if we weren't screaming early about, hey, remember I got to get in here, I got to set this panel, don't block me out of here. And, it's, and most of these panels sometimes get very heavy. So. Um, if you don't deal with cranes very often, most pool guys don't spend a lot of time with cranes. Um, you know, a 250-ton crane can pick up 250 tons if it's six inches off the side of the crane. But when you reach out 150 feet, it can pick up 500 pounds. Exactly. So it, it becomes very, very complicated to get that size equipment to some of these locations and be able to reach. And then it makes it even harder because now we've got a crane that can't see what he's doing. We're working with radios. I need you to go up a quarter inch. You know, we really yeah, deal yeah, with some really, he can't, can't see, see anything he's doing. Right. And, right. and although he can take good direction, you're better off if, you're, if your operator can see what's happening because he knows, he, you might say up and he knows he should boom up versus cable up or vice versa. So see, now this is the benefit of working in Europe because they use sky cranes on a lot of jobs, even residential job. jobs, yep. they've got a sky crane set up. Yep. So it's great because the operator can deliver materials anywhere on the job site yep. because they've got a sky crane. But when you're using a street level crane, Yep. and having to lean over a building. Yeah, it's totally different world. Totally so, different world. 
So, so kind of rounding things out, I don't know if we missed any parts, but I think, you know, the, just like many things in the pool world, one, don't overuse it if it's not supposed to be in. Don't use it just because you want to. So let's Make talk about sure that for a minute. So um, I'm seeing acrylic windows actually being specced on a lot of jobs. And uh, I made a comment somewhere online that I'm starting to see acrylic windows being almost overused, almost like we saw glass block being overused in the 70s and 80s. Yep. And it was getting to the point where everybody wanted to use an acrylic window because it's the hip thing to use, not because it lent anything architecturally to the project or it was you had an underground room that shared a common wall and you could look into the pool. It was just because, just because. And it isn't always the best thing to do. You can end up with some really cool projects and not necessarily have to have a wall that's, I, in fact, I remember an architect in New York sent me conceptual drawings for, he wanted to do an all acrylic spa. And I sent him an email back and I said, where are you putting the jets? Yep. <laughs> and he Please. somebody went back and goes, Jets? And I said, well, it's a spa, spa right? Right. right. <laughs> Where the jets going to come out of the seat? Right. And he's like, oh, well, then scratch that idea. Yep. I said, well, you know, you had a great idea, but where's like all the plumbing and infrastructure going to go? Oh, yeah. You know, the only thing, we, one thing we didn't talk about, which we should probably talk a little bit about, is fused corners and fused panels. Yes. You know, so, so as, as soon, as recent as just a year and a half or two years ago, multiple manufacturers have kind of pulled away from doing fused corners, especially on large format panels. So really narrow panels, thinner panels in the two inch, three inch range, they can usually work with a fused corner. As we get to thicker panels, they're having having basically just having failures across the globe the panel is so thick but it's physics it's all physics, it's the, physics. there's a thermal problem so right. we've got we've got one side cool one side hot or vice versa and we've got such a thick panel plane we're ending up with part of the panel expanding and the other part not and, and but then not only that we have two separate planes that are expanding in different directions yep. and they're meeting at the corner and we've got this one moving north south this one moving east west something's going to give and up and down and up and down and so this corner is it's it's obvious it's going to go yep so um, that's why usually they'll like uh, a radius if you can do if you yeah. can turn that into a radius corner. Yeah, we can form and create radius panels, and we can even do pretty good size or pretty tight radius of smaller panels. But the other typical thing we have to do is do a mullion, and so we've got some sort of structural stainless mullion that has to be there to hold the panel. Um, and it it's not an issue. It's just you need to know you got a plan for it. And, and I've seen concepts come across to our desk too, where hey, this is what we're thinking about doing, and I can already tell by how big the panel is going to have to be. We're too thick. To, to support it with that type of They mind. want it to look like an ice yeah. cube that's sitting out in the yard and it's like, you know what, you might have to put some type of element here to allow it to absorb. Basically, I think of it as a vertical shock absorber. It's yep. allowing it to move vertically and, and, and still support the panel. And that fuse panel, it just, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool when you, the one thing to remember though is if you bring a corner together on an acrylic panel, Again, there is uh, acrylic's different than glass. Thick glass, you start obscuring your view. Acrylic panels are perfectly clear, essentially. So even though a panel might be 20 feet long, if you stand at this end of the panel and look in the panel on the end, you're going to see what the rebate has in it, which is just black paint or gray paint or whatever color you decide to use based on your outside. So you might think you're going to see this perfectly clear corner. You will not. You'll see a reflection of everything down in the corner. So you still see a black line there pretty much. Right. Even though if you handle a corner like that, you can see through it very well. Like but a prism, it, you can turn yeah, it. Look once at it's it. in a rebate, you're seeing what's in the rebate. And it's, it, it's unbelievable. It's like fiber optics. So you can see all the way down, you'll see exactly what's back there. So now you have a whole nother condition to manage because now the back of the rebate also has to be properly protected and controlled. And you're going to see the corner anyway. So 
So in most bigger structures now, in thicker panels, anything over three and a half, four inches, most manufacturers that we've dealt with will not do a fused corner on, a, on an external environment. Internal environments, they still might. Um, they have a lot less problems with thermal changes on, a, on an indoor structure or aquarium type structure. But when we deal with swimming pools, we get our temperature. You know, If we do an aquarium, we're gonna set it at 65 degrees. It'll never change because we've got fish and there's life in it. When we do a pool in Southern California, the sun's on it in the morning and the panel on the outside's 112 degrees and the water's 62 because it's still you know fall or winter. So um, the, we get massive amount of movement on that panel and it starts, it doesn't fail, it doesn't usually fall off the side of a cliff, but you start seeing all the fractures in the, in mm -hmm. the joint. And now well, because the surface wants to expand and the inside's staying cool, and so you've got this differential expansion through the thickness. Yep. And, and those type of applications are what start necessitating the bigger, thicker panels. Correct. So, so keep that in mind on the design side. And, and, and to your point that we started on this route was, not every pool needs an acrylic panel, and many many times, even though the the architect or the the owner might want an acrylic panel, you know, use your head and look at the situation and make sure it makes sense. Don't just throw in a pan don't throw an acrylic panel at a pool because you think it because the client thinks it'll be cool. You know, use some of your expertise and say, you know, in this condition, you're going to be looking right in at the floor of where we've got all these things happening. It's really not going to be pretty, or you'd have to get on your knees to see inside the pool. Um, you know, there's, there's reasons to put acrylic panels in the pool and, and there's benefits to doing it. Oftentimes for me, I want to be able to see up to or see th through the water and, and make the water kind of disappear or match the architecture. Um, it is kind of cool to be able to swim down and look out of a panel or look into a panel or if it's architecturally, but there's many instances where see, the panels are placed where, in As a swimmer, places. being in the pool, looking through the acrylic, you almost have to swim right up to it and put your hands on the glass in order, on the acrylic to see through. Correct. It's not... From the outside looking in, it's very easy. It's like looking right. in an aquarium. But when you're a swimmer, even with goggles on, you have to go right up to the glass and literally put your hands on the side right. of the glass to get rid of the it's glare. Correct. And so like a one-way mirror almost. Yeah, it's very it's, it's very deceiving how cool it's going to be once it's done. So you want to make sure your client expectations are there because right. you'd hate for them to you to talk them into spending four hundred thousand dollars on an amazing panel and they go like, well. Yeah, I swim and I wanted to look out at the view yeah. and I can't see anything. I see my reflection in it. And from the house, I can't tell the panel's even there. And the only right. person that can see it is the neighbor down the hill. Yeah. Or the helicopter flying yeah. by. Yeah, yeah, right. Or the neighbor down the hill that's complaining because they've got this TV screen panel. When you put your lights on, it blows up like a big old bright light. So that the whole world's going to see that panel. So, right. you know, we, we did a job in Hawaii and, and we had to get through the HOA and, and, and get them okay with the fact that we're going to have an acrylic panel facing a golf course. We actually had to screen it and do a number of things in, in, in our well, 3D renderings. I'm glad you renderings. mentioned that because in a lot of communities have lighting issues. Yep. And when you have, usually in these instances, you're going to have the light pointing towards the acrylic window. And that acrylic window is going to just light up like a beacon on a hillside oh, or yeah. Even when it's not facing the panel, just the fact that you light up the, the panel yep. at a night view, like I said, it'll look like a TV screen. It's this big, blue, bright, whatever color you've got in the pool, light. And it, it'll, in, in an area where you have a lighting concern or, or adjacent neighbors or a golf course, um, you definitely have to make sure you understand that and that you have got approvals for that. Because if, if you don't explain that to the next door neighbor HOA when they review the pool, if you've got that kind of setting, you're liable to end up putting a panel in and then having to do something else later. Afterwards. Or take it out or paint it black or ruin, or ruin the whole condition because the neighbor down the street starts complaining. So um, they're, they're very obvious when they're So I had a client who had uh, very similar, we've seen those uh, signs where they, they etch uh, a, a company logo or something into the glass and they light it with, yep. with the LED lights. Who wanted to do that on his window? And he wanted to be able to put his corporate logo frost on, it, on it, frost it into it, and then be able to light it up from a strip down below. And of course, you know, the HOA was like, yep. And the country club was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to look at your corporate logo from down at the golf course. Nope, nope. absolutely not. So, so the, the takeaway is acrylic panels are super cool in the right scenario, 
they're super sucky when done wrong, right? And right. they don't, and they certainly don't belong in every pool. I, you know, like any uh, effect that we put on pools, fire features, water features, scuppers, shear descents, negative edges, perimeter overflows, they all have a type and a purpose and a reason to be in, in, in use, but not every pool should be a perimeter overflow spa. Right. Yep. Not every pool needs can you can even accept acrylic and look like it belongs. Um, so make sure you use it correctly. And like anything that's outside of your typical wheelhouse, go get some expert inter intervention to what you're doing so that you're so it saves you down the road. It, acrylic can cost you a ton and ton of money if you make a big mistake with so it. So a few. The the moral is a few dollars spent up front is going to save you tens of thousands in the future. Well, and you're going to find that if you're dealing with projects at, at the level where you can put big acrylic panels in, you have clients that can outspend you. Yep. Never a good combination if you don't do it right. All right. So, hey, well, thanks again for hey, being on ask, ask the Masters. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Ask the Masters podcast. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page each week on Tuesdays for new episodes of the show. I also want to encourage you to stop by the Ask the Masters Facebook page and invite other like-minded individuals to join us there as well. Feel free to jump into the conversations and even post your own questions. We want to create a community which fosters learning and discovery for the betterment of us all. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to subscribe and feel free to share 